Let's do this. Aw, oh, yeah. Welcome back, gang. It's Height Drop again. Season 2. We back, baby. And it feels good to be back. And I thank you guys for being here with me. Let's get into it. We got the... What is this? Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. To be true. Mm. All right, Harold, let's get it. Um, thank you guys. All right, we back. We're doing it. Um, I got a little bit of a nasally thing going on, and, and that's going to be throughout this episode, so I apologize for that, but uh, this is... This is typically around the time of year I get my once a year sickness. I usually get the like some kind of cold or the flu once a year and and such is the time. This is one of those times. I always think that I'm just going to like push through and I just won't get sick at all, but I almost always get sick once and it's usually in January. Maybe you guys like it. Maybe you guys like a little bit of that extra nasalness, you know what I'm saying? Um but maybe you don't. So let's get into it. This I mean, where do I begin? Jesus Christ. First of all, Thank you guys. We're, we're back. It's uh, season one was dope. Uh, we, you know, much love to all the guests that came on. We had the the Sendies. The last episode was the Sendies Awards, which was a fucking fun one. And you know, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys enjoyed the holidays. Um, and I hope your new year is going dope. Mine is mine is coming off hot. It's coming in hot. with some momentum, you know, I feel the energy this year and uh, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot changing and, and it's, it's a fun environment actually. Um, you know, I'm going to try to embrace that and the, you know, that's actually really in keeping with a lot of things that happen in this episode. So there's so much things, so many things about, um, season two that I wanted to upgrade, you know, season one was about really cutting my teeth. I feel like on the mic again and, getting the consistency and and showing dedication, just putting the effort in and being a little more experimental with it. Um, now it's time to, you know, take things up to that next level a little bit. And so that's what we're doing. And I think this year, what I wanted to do in, in my life and, and on the podcast was just open up some more doors, open up some more avenues and just expand my mind, expand um, the opportunities that I can see by doing that. So, you know, First of all, we have our first Skype interview for the fir- for the first time on Height Drop. We're going to have our our first call in from a remote location, and that's because of an opportunity that came in from uh, Shine Papers, and that's who we're talking to today is the founder and CEO of Shine Rolling Papers. They are they make here. Let me show you on YouTube if you're here real quick. Uh, they make these twenty four karat gold rolling papers, and you know. I mean, look at that. That's pretty wild. Like it's gold on a paper and you roll it up and you smoke things. And, uh, and you know, at first I had a little bit of reservations. I won't lie about, you know, just the content. First of all, it's, 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 it's an adult product. It's for, cons- excuse me, it's for uh, responsible consumption, of course. And, you know, I know that there may be some young people listening, um, but also, you know, what's important, I think, and one other theme of this episode is that you gotta, you gotta like share your, 
yourself, your shine, you know, is what they, they reference it. And it's kind of what the, 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 what could you say? The intention behind that brand name is, is, um, you know, to shine and truly show, um, and share your gifts with the world. And I think really that's what this whole episode's about. You know, even there, even the package that they sent some of the products to me and to, to test out is gold, which is kind of gangsta, I think. But um, but I, I think I just appreciate that attention to detail. Um, that's one of the things that I, I knew I was going to potentially vibe with this company when I saw that kind of attention to detail because I'm a detail-oriented person, um, you know. And I, I could tell, like, they even wrote their, their note, handwritten note in gold ink. I'm like, that's some detail right there. But uh, more importantly, you know, it's, it's, I do consume cannabis, first of all, and uh, I don't think I need to shy away from that. Um, and if you have your own reservations about that, you know, that's really, I think something that you got to deal with. Um, that's some shit you got to f- figure out. You know, I think that the, the evidence is clear that legalization and, um, you know, responsible, intentional use, um, and I mean, intentional very like with intent, I mean, of psychedelic drugs and, and substances, uh, you know, is something I advocate for. And, um, so, uh, you know, I, I looked into the company and I, you know, I saw the the package and I used the product and I, you know, was, uh, was excited about, about talking to the CEO after that. I was like, wow, these guys really are doing something kind of cool here. And again, more importantly, you know, aside from the content and you know what the, you know, if you're, if you're a young person and you're not, or you're not a cannabis user or something, that's really besides the point, because what we're talking about here is, is opening up those doors and and figuring out how you can share your talents and, and your gifts with the world and how you maybe sometimes have to navigate through different obstacles in, in business or in life to do that and adapt to to what's out there and what you know people respond to. So I think there's a lot of really good information in here. I certainly connected with Dave on a number of nodes that I didn't really expect to. Uh, you know, for instance, he's a former professional athlete and you know shared some of the same little milestones movement milestones or you know pivot points in his life that I feel like I'm I'm experiencing in some ways as well so this is it was really fun to talk and 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 learn about how his journey and the journey of shine and uh you know came to came to be where it's at right now I hope you guys really dig this one Um, we even get into some fun stuff about fighting and you know, things that happened last year and where, where the world is going in terms of, uh, of all, all these inspiring and creative people that, that exist and that we all have access to now without, or with the power of the internet at our fingertips, you know? And, um, and that's again, why I'm excited to open that door now, you know, because we're using that power to, to bring in potentially some more exciting guests and from across the world, especially, you know, and people, obviously, you know, all around the world practicing parkour, I can now maybe access them more easily where, whereas before I really wanted to keep things in studio, you know, I think it's going to be, I'm going to be able to do more by opening in that window, um, to you guys out there. So if you, if you want to get in touch, let me know, um, season two is going to be bringing some fire. I know that much. I appreciate you guys joining me. I appreciate you being here, a part of this one. And I hope that you, uh, get something out of uh, of this conversation. I certainly got a lot out of it. I'm I'm hyped to to see where where Shine goes in the future and and how Dave and and these guys are going to continue their story and and uh, 
and, and how I'm going to continue unfolding my story. You know, that's the, some of the, the hype that I got off of this episode was just, you know, getting inspired to, to really continue and, and push forward with, with season two here. And, um, I appreciate you guys being a part of this journey with me. So without any more blabbing, <laughs> let's get into it with Dave Brown. Here we go. So <laughs> thank you. This is Dave Brown. Founder, I'm assuming, CEO yes. of, of Shine Papers. And thank you so much for coming on and being part of our program here. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. We're we're excited about it. Excited to talk about everything. Yeah, I mean, it's I've heard you had a, a pretty amazing story. I mean, I guess just if you would start from the beginning, you know, what how did you get to rolling gold, twenty-four karat gold into, you know, joints and herbal blends or whatever yes, whatever you have yes. to say for appropriate legal you know That's it's legal right. here in colorado but obviously some for places you might be listening exact for legal smoking herbs only <laughs> uh, so the idea for shine really came from a cigar idea that we had um we still operate a premium cigar business where we manufacture and distribute cigars and um, right around 2012, 2013, we were doing a lot of business in uh, Las Vegas. So we wanted to come up with a cigar idea that was really built for the VIPs. Mm. And we were playing around with different things and kind of landed on, let's try to put gold on the cigar. And the first time I tried to do this, it's like, <laughs> it's an it's a really funny fail, but I like to talk about it because people sometimes think that it's always perfect right out of the box and it almost never is. No. Um, so I had picked up some edible gold and I was like, all right, what I was trying to achieve was that wet melted wax look that you see on like a bottle of Maker's Mark. Mm -hmm. So I got a bunch of edible gold flakes and I got a double boiler. And so I'm using my stove top <laughs> and I'm trying to boil this, you know, melt this gold. I'm like, man, I'm not, the water's boiling. I'm not changing the, the gold. Nothing's happening to the gold. <laughs> you have to learn <laughs> some so smelting Google, techniques, I guess. Yeah. So I like Google it and I'm only about 1900 degrees short of where <laughs> gold Just actually. Just in 1900 degrees. Fell. That's. You know, that's not that much. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. what are the property? The properties of gold probably affect it's gold's one of the most ridiculous elements. I mean, I'm not a chemist or someone who really even knows that much about elements, but I know that gold is fascinating for a lot of reasons. Yes. What is the boiling it, point? Like, how do you, how do you work yeah, with it? So the, the flash point of gold is 2000 degrees, which comes back to being important, um, mm. later on. But so I had that first fail. Eventually, I figured out how to get the gold onto the cigar um, <laughs> and also to use a – create a proprietary – a process where it doesn't come off on everything. So mm. edible gold, it's like dust. It wants to attach itself to any surface. It's really sure. hard to work with. Um, but we figured out a process to do it. We launched the cigar, got a lot of press for it, but – People just weren't buying it. It was just too expensive, especially mm. for Vegas, where by the time you sell something to a casino, they're going to mark it up another 300% after that. Um, so what started out as expensive became, became ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the um, insane baller. Yeah, there's not exactly, much of a market for that, I guess. Exactly. Even out there, yeah. there wasn't much of a market for it. 
So, but there was no doubt that people reacted positively when they saw it, when Mm -hmm. it was gifted to them. So we're brainstorming like, what else can we apply this technology to? We don't just want to trash it and throw it in the bin. There's something here. Mm -hmm. We just haven't quite figured it out, the, the right lock and key for it. Um, and so randomly, I, we, we were thinking about it, and I said, you know, let's, let's just try papers. Mm. Let's just try it. And so bought a pack of papers at a shop, did the first four or five prototypes myself, applied the gold to it. Um, and I had a young guy working for me at the time who was a smoker. And I said, here, take this home and try it. I don't even know if it's going to work. <laughs> I don't even know if it'll burn correctly. I really don't know what it's going to do, but you test or it. Or the initial thought is like, am I inhaling metals and is that bad? Obviously, yes. you know. Exactly. And that was, you know, and I'll and I'll get to that because that was one of our biggest objections when mm-hmm. we launched the product. Sure. Um, but he, he tried it. He sent me a photo and he was like, yes, this works. This is cool. And so from there we did a lot of really bootstrap things that you mean for our first product photos, we were literally scotch taping packs (laughs) together to make it look like we had a real pack when there was no real pack. Yes. Um, but eventually we got it to the point where we figured out how to manufacture it. We put it out on social media and the response to it was just instant Mm. and people were engaging with it. They wanted to buy it. They wanted to know where they could buy it. A lot of people were talking down on it and thought it was ridiculous. But from the time that we first prototyped it to when we had product in the market, in boxes, ready to sell, ready to sell, um, and had our first distributor client took a hundred days. Um, That's so we were very quick. It seems like super quick because it's not, we were really inventing the process as we go. We weren't, there's no process for putting, there's no mechanical process for putting any material on a rolling paper. Um, so we were creating all of that. It doesn't yeah. matter. How did, how did you do that by the way? Like, I mean, you see like gold leaf in areas of, I mean, I went to remember what I think of is I went to France, I went to the palace of Versailles or something like this really excellent Mm -hmm. castle. And I was like, Oh wow. They really just smear gold everywhere. I didn't know that you could get it so fine and thin. Like what, how do you, what is the application even like? Yeah. So you can, there's different forms where you can, um, purchase edible gold. So, Mm. um, edible gold is 24 karat gold. That's pure gold. Any carrots less than that means that it's been cut with something. Um, so only the edible pure form is, is what you can ingest safely. Um, and at this point, for different applications, it can be sold in super thin sheets. Mm. So it's learning how to transfer that to the paper Um in a safe way and also locking it down. So again, it doesn't come up, come off on your fingertips, on your lips, on your mouth. Um, so sourcing that part was relatively easy because people use that gold leaf for other things. They use it a lot with pastries, Mm -hmm. um, and crazy ice cream sundaes and things like that. Um, but so we did get to the market fast, which is Mm, really important. Yeah. Um, but to your point about, you know, connecting people at the beginning, there were two issues that people had with it. One was 
this is so expensive. You guys are crazy. Um, before shine, the most expensive pack of papers was three bucks. Mm -hmm. So we really invented our own lane, which was luxury smoking articles Mm -hmm. that wasn't a vape. Wasn't that wasn't hardware that wasn't glass or wasn't a vaporizer, something that you can reuse a lot of times. Um, so price wise, we took, we took it to a completely different place. So that was the first objection that people had and thought we were batshit crazy. Um, the second one, which is, you know, a valid one, um, is, is this product healthy? Am Mm -hmm. I inhaling fumes? Um, what's going to happen if I smoke a lot of shine? And (laughs) there were two things that we kind of looked at. One, there was a study that we found that we pointed to that, um, talked about extreme gold inhalation. I'm talking on the level of living, uh, breathing gold 24 hours a day. Yeah. I saw and, that. It was a rats kind of like study, right? 2011. Exactly. And what they found was a couple months after stopping that process, there was no, uh, lingering effects or changes anatomically to the, to the mm-hmm. subjects. But even that, some people can't understand or might be a little bit skeptical. It's tough, about yeah, it. you know, like it's rats, not human. It's correct. It's, it's always, there's always reason to object. That's right. <clears throat> where we where we really seem to kind of help people get over that concern was coming back to the temperature. Mm. So, um, gold, like I said, that flashpoint is two thousand degrees any paper that you're burning or blunt or anything like that, it's only burning at about 700 degrees. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you're actually burning the materials underneath the gold, the paper or the tobacco that it's combined with, plus whatever you decide to add to the paper Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you leave the gold behind. So people saw visually and it kind of became its own like self-fulfilling thing where, um, people consistently saw that they were leaving gold flecks and gold nuggets in their ashtray after using shine. And that became the best way to overcome the objection that the gold is not inside you if it's in the ashtray. Um, And even if it is inside you, we feel okay. Like people put it on pastries and things all the time. Like your body can process it. But, um, Really, you know, the fact that you're not changing the form of the gold means that you're not creating fumes from the gold. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times with glass blowers or p- if people were familiar with glass making, they would have the biggest concern about it health wise because they will intentionally fume gold. Yeah. To put it into glass. And when they do that, they're always wearing respirators. But I was able to explain to them, well, you're using this crazy torch that gets up <laughs> above 2000 degrees, you are actually changing the form of the gold. Yeah. We're really not. You're really just burning the paper underneath it and the gold is left behind. So whatever time, particles you might be getting in, it's just, they're, they're unchanged basically. It's it, that's right. I mean, it exactly. might be like the plant matter. And I think, that's right. I think one thing that like you, you make the point on the, on the, the first in your FAQ on your website is, mm-hmm. and I'm not really like trying to advocate, you know, one way or the other, obviously sure. the science is still out, but 
you're smoking something, it's not going to be healthy anyway, right? So if That's you're comfortable right. with certain molecules being in, in your lungs, this other molecule is just one of those. And maybe it's that, not a big deal, you know? So if you're- That's exactly right. You know, we kind of make the <laughs> argument that like, if you're smoking something, I don't care if you think it was GMO free, wind turbine powered. If you're combusting something, that's not as healthy as going for a run. But everyone makes those choices in life as to where they want to be on the spectrum of risk. And our point was not that this is healthy. Our point is that we don't see anything that makes it any riskier than doing the exact same behavior with another type of paper. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's other ways to consume cannabis that frankly are healthier than smoking it. Um, Yeah, vaping. Edibles. And, and edibles. Just, yes. Really. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, you know, at the beginning of Shine, we heard that you know, 60% of the comments on our posts would be negativity around those two subjects. And eventually we just got to a point of sustainability where people just let go of that and they saw that we were credible and they saw that we weren't fly by night, which there's a lot of that in this industry. What is that? Um, what do you mean by that fly by night? I'm actually not too familiar. Yeah. So what I mean is that it's, it's a particular industry where when it comes to products, there's a lot of inventor types that come up with like a cool little way to do this yeah. or to do that. They're really not companies. They're really just products and mm. they, tend to come in for six months to two years and then they're never heard from again. Squeeze the juice piece out. Yeah. Just, yeah. And it's, it's not even, there's no culture. Usually. It's yeah. Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe it isn't. Maybe. Usually, yeah. It's usually like the market has kind of used up the novelty of it mm-hmm. and now they're on to something else. People definitely thought that shine was going to fit into that category. Sure. But over time, we proved that we are sustainable and we're a product that people use more frequently than they would have thought when we first brought it into the market. Yeah, no, I was surprised, you know, like even some, I mean, I'm a, I, I, if I'm going to preface it with anything, obviously responsible consumption of any substances yes. is what I would advocate. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't t- have a terrific habit you would say, Mm -hmm. but, uh, so I do have some of these reservations. I'm like, all right, shine. All right. This is, this is a cool product. I, I I just wanted to go by experience. So, you know, obviously I could easily make the argument like this is kind of absurd. It seems like, but when you lean into it, you kind of, uh, this is my experience at least. And you tell me what you think. And uh, I think you'll probably agree, but, um, just like we said, if you're, if your concern is health, you're not even smoking anything necessarily. So, and things that I really enjoy often have a ritual about them, you know, mm-hmm. and like coffee, I, I, I like coffee. Mm-hmm. I like the taste of it and everything, but really what I like most about it is like the experience, the aroma, like the, yep. the act of rolling something is, I mean, I always prefer to roll if I'm going to smoke, than smoke out of glass or anything else, because it, yep. it's gives you time to set intention about what you're doing. gives you time to like feel and, and vibe with the moment that you're about to create. Exactly. And what Shine can do, which I think is awesome. And I actually, you know, whatever, I, I haven't like had clinical trials on this, but I had a few experiences. I, you guys sent a lovely care package and I was happy to experiment with that. And uh, and it, it enhances that experience for sure, because you're like, not only am, am I 
having this ritual, but it is, it is even more intentional. It is even more okay. of a moment and it's a kind of reminder that like, Hey, if you're going to, if you're going to smoke gold, if you're going to like kind of <laughs> conspicuously consume something, yeah, let's really make it, uh, have, have some meaning behind it in some ways. That's right. It, it really, it does make it more special. I completely agree. I'm like you, I like that ritual. I like to roll. That's my favorite way to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, what we found is that, you know, it's a product that just puts smiles on people's faces <laughs> and it's extremely social. You know, like we built a product that we thought was really cool. We later t- learned, which I think happens a lot with kind of entrepreneurial ventures, is that there's more to it than you even really thought about. You know, yeah. you didn't you didn't master plan the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and what we found is that it was a product that was perfectly built for social media. It's a visual product, clearly. Yeah. Uh, it's a shareable product. It's something that you want to share with your friends, either virtually and show them what you did, or you want to do it with them. Like we would joke, you, you're probably not smoking a gold joint <laughs> on your couch by yourself. No. If you do, God bless you. No, that you. was love- not my experience. Yeah, I was happy. Yeah. I was excited to like, hey, guys, like, look what you gotta see I this. got. You got to check this out. Everyone was piped on it. It was a really fun time. Yes. It was a, it was a measurable, like, like anecdotally at least, difference yeah. in the way that we all experienced smoking. You know, we'd smoked yes. before, these, these friends of mine and I. And uh, yep. we, I mean, again, I'm not trying to shill shine for you guys, but I really yeah. did feel like an experience. A very good. uh, We all had smiles on our faces. Like you said, it was really fun. It was a moment. And we. I think it's really a genuine, I think, and people can see that and they experience it for themselves that there's a genuine reaction that happens with it that doesn't happen with other types of products. Um, And from there, you, it just had this life where, you know, we were able to, well, because a couple of you know things happened again that were out of our control but very beneficial because we were this crazy luxury product and the price was so far you know, out of range of other products yeah the amount of organic mainstream press that we got as far as i can tell is really unmatched in this industry mm-hmm. there's brands that you know, have you know higher sales annually but they're not interesting to anyone that isn't using cannabis. Um, whereas we hit this intersection of cannabis and luxury that is interesting to all of these mainstream outlets. And because of that, it becomes interesting to people that are not hardcore consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're interesting to life coaches. We're interesting <laughs> to, to soccer moms because if they're going to do it once in their life, Gold is going to be the way to go. It's going to be the thing that catches their eye. And those are the types of outlets that pick us up. So, I mean, we've been in Rolling Stone multiple times, um, Huffington Post, Forbes probably five times. Um, We were just picked up by Goop, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's kind of her personal state for products. and it's funny because my friends, you know, I have a, I have a varied, diverse group of friends, but mm-hmm. I have a certain group of friends that are very much the soccer mom <laughs> taking their kids to private school, 
uh, set and they will text me all the time like, oh my gosh, you just ended up in blah, blah, blah. I'm like, those are the people that read that stuff. So um, there's DNA in the product that we couldn't have predicted, but just gave it this this life and this momentum that um, helped, helped make us sustainable and kind of overcame the initial skepticism that people that are inside the industry mm-hmm. tend to have with new products because they've just seen so many come and go. Um, Surely. And especially go. now where it's becoming legalized in more and more states and more and more province or countries probably around the yeah. world, even um, there's, it's unclear, you know, what's going to stick and what's not, you know, especially cause there's a lot of potentially easy money to be made or easier yeah. than in a booming industry, you know, when it's, well, I mean, I remember when it got legalized here in Colorado, yeah. I think it was first or second state to legalize it. It was just, it was like the wild west out here. People were, yeah. were making money hand over fist. And, uh, if you were in on that, great, but it was really the people that had the, 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 the true culture or a true staying power, um, behind their company that, that are still around now. That, that's exactly right. I mean, it's it's like any boom. It's going to attract a bunch of people because they see an opportunity. Um, but it's going to be a small percentage of people that actually um, are sustainable and win. And building a brand the right way, um, deliberately over time with you know a good solid foundation of what is this product and what is it good for and um, – is it unique? That's really where, you know, the life, the, the arc of the business and the, and the product can really change because people will try things. It's definitely an industry where people try to manipulate or you, there's plenty of knockoff activity with different products. I mean, when you go to trade shows, if someone comes out with some slightly innovative vaporizer, six months later, everyone will have a version of that. Yeah. Um, so you, we're super fortunate and super happy about you building it the right way. Um, and knowing that now we're at a point where the brand can kind of support other things. So at this point, you, we're always going to be focused on our gold products, but we've gotten to a point with the brand where, now we can launch everyday use type of products. And it's actually interesting to people because of the shine halo effect. Mm -hmm. So, um, we have a tobacco product called pure leaf, which has no gold on it. It's basically a superior version of backwoods, which, um, is a cult like followed product. Yeah. My background coming from premium cigars and tobacco, (laughs) I know that that's really not the best quality stuff that you can be using. (laughs) Um, so we felt when we saw that, we saw an opportunity to kind of use our, our experience and history with, with tobacco and come up with something that was higher quality. And that's something, that's the type of product that if people like to smoke like that, they'll use it every day. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're also, we just in the past, really beginning of this year launched, um, blaze by shine which is a hemp blend paper it's the exact paper that we use when we're making shine and people just love the taste of it Mm -hmm. um the first version of shine had a different paper substrate 
and it made the gold look more crinkly, almost like tinfoil. Mm-hmm. And there were people that would make funny memes that like shine papers look like you know, <laughs> the the wrapping on like a Chipotle burrito. Sure. Uh, um, <laughs> and for some people, they found that there was a taste. And what we found was really all of that taste was coming from the the backing paper. When we switched the paper that we used to one that's super thin and a, a nice hemp blend, it just created this really clean application for the gold and a really <laughs> clean taste. And so now we've launched that on our, on its as its own product. But neither of those things would be interesting to people if they weren't powered by Shine. Yeah. So – it's a fun time right now to be able to play in different levels of the market and add some other peripheral products as well that you know, we've taken our time um, building it the right way. We didn't say that we had a lifestyle brand before we did. Everyone loves to say that. Um, my, my saying for that is that you don't get to choose that for yourself. The market will tell you if you have a lifestyle brand or not and if they really want to adopt it. But in a way, uh, you've struck gold to be so uh, <laughs> bold on that one. But completely intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a it's been a really fun ride, and like where it's going now in terms of adding alternative product lines, um, it's just really fun and exciting. Keeps me super engaged, um, and you know, kind of looking at new opportunities for what we can do because the shine, you know, the brand is strong. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that that's interesting. I like that you uh, put it that way. I guess the market dictates, especially in today's modern culture, and yeah. and with the boom of the internet, and because everything is so oversaturated, <clears throat> it is mostly a shot in the dark. And you can have maybe a um, a really profound insight or some really good skill or some invention that's maybe going to put yourself on the map for reasons that uh, are more discernible, I guess you could yeah. say, or, but, yeah. um, what do you think is, uh, how do you, how do you, if, so, if someone is, is concerned about what, what the ethical implications are of their, of their brand and like how they keep, keep it going and things like that. Not, not to say that smoking and shine has anything necessarily, but you know, what is your, do you feel like any responsibility with your success to also, you know, cause I think that brand does some really cool things on, on the, on the website. It seems to be mm-hmm. trying to support and, and build communities and stuff. And you guys are reaching yeah. out to, to high drop and, you know, we're a budding community as parkour athletes. And, um, yeah. you know, those are most of the people that I've had on the podcast at least. Right. I'm curious to see, uh, or to, to understand like where you come mm-hmm. from now to, to keep, keep the, the liveness in it. Right. Because shine yeah. had, it was a, it was a pure idea, but it was, like you said, it wasn't planned, but I feel like you have to cultivate that, that real authenticity to, to keep things relevant and to keep life in the brand. I, I completely <clears throat> agree. And it, and it's well said. I think that, um, for us, we, you, it, at, at the beginning, it was a completely bootstrapped idea. So mm-hmm. even things as far as creating content, we didn't have any money to create content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we don't have any outside investment. So um, we were completely reliant on our community. And it was apparent that us doing things in a certain way 
was creating loyalty. So one of the things that we did, frankly, just because it was fun to us, but it had a real impact was in the early days of our social media presence, um, it, I was the person that was doing most of the caption writing. Um, and we were responding to every comment. Mm-hmm. If it was positive, we were loving on you. If it was negative, we were talking shit to you. <laughs> and, and, and we had the brand voice was so arrogant and unique. And we would tell people all the time, like, this ain't Starbucks. You're not right just because you're sitting behind a keyboard talking about it. Get educated. Learn about the issues if you're concerned about the health. Like, actually read about it and let's mm-hmm. have a real dialogue. And or if you're talking about the price, you sound like you're broke. So why don't you get your paper up? And it was <laughs> a, a certain tone of voice that – Honestly, people really reacted positively to it. Yeah. And well, that's fascinating, right? Because that seems to be a trend that's other, you know, big yes. personalities are riding right now. I mean, personalities I and companies. I and mean, companies. I look at like Wendy's has zero chill on Twitter. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't follow as much as closely, but. Yeah, I mean, they're but just it's just a good example of like a very corporate institutional mm-hmm. brand yeah. that is not doing a Twitter feed talking about coupons. Yeah, they're talking about pop culture. They'll take shots at other brands. Like they're making it feel like a genuine uh, interaction instead of we are Wendy's and we support blah blah blah. Sure. So people people could tell that a real person was behind those comments and captions. That was one thing. As far as keeping the energy in it and being excited about what people do and building communities, um, we love creativity and we love innovation. That to us is really the bedrock foundation of shine. That is the DNA. Mm -hmm. And so anytime someone is doing that, we want to show them love. And so you know, we've dabbled a little bit in um, having a small video series called Share Your Shine where we just want people to talk about what they do that's dope. We mm-hmm. don't care what field it is. I don't care if you're an artist, an athlete, a fashion designer. Um, I don't care. A chef. Yeah. Like, <laughs> tell me about your creative process. That's interesting to me. Um and ultimately something like share your shine is just such a positive statement and can be applied in so many different ways that you know we can be a source of that happy positivity and show people like, yeah, like go do your thing. Mm-hmm. It won't be our thing. It's sure. yours. Yeah. We want you to go do that next thing and we're always going to support and, and show love to those types of things. So we like and really enjoy just on a personal level, like there's really no – profit motive behind it like we want to be around interesting people doing cool shit that's what i want to talk (laughs) to that's what i want to be friends with so our product kind of you helps um liquefy that yeah and lubricate it and um it's always something that we want to like we're always looking for things that we can support and get behind just because to us it's interesting 100 percent 
I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, yeah, like you said, maybe it's not pre-planned, whatever, but it, it does cultivate that it gives permission Mm -hmm. to other people to really shine because you guys are being yourselves. You're being out there. You're, you're whatever your arrogance, whatever. It's like, okay, unapologetic about, you know, some conspicuous consumption and cool things that are happening with your brand is giving other people permission to, you know, do what they feel is, is awesome in the world. And, 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 uh, and celebrate exactly and celebrate what, what they're doing. And I think that's interesting. You know, I went to Burning Man for the first time last year. Okay. And uh, I was learning about, or I was rather just thinking about some of the, the tie-ins here in that <clears throat> that make the most, some of the most beautiful art you've ever seen. And it just exists yeah. for a week. And then it, they literally or figuratively, like it gets taken down, but sometimes literally right. burnt to the ground, kind of like these rolling papers, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in a way it makes it a little bit more special, a little bit more interesting because you have to participate in that to really be a part, to be, to know why you want to be there and, uh, and why you want to take part and why you would build something that no one's necessarily going to see ever again. Um, Yeah. You're really, you know, it's, it's like that, that interesting balance of, are you creating for yourself or are you creating for your audience? mm Mm-hmm. The answer, I think, usually is both. Yeah. But ultimately, it has to be fulfilling to you first because you're going – no matter what it is that you create, you're a writer, you're a painter, you're a podcaster, you're whatever it is. You're a street artist. 100%. Um, there's going to be – there's challenges with all of that. It's never a simple process. And so anytime I'm talking, I like to talk about our fails. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to talk about – using a double boiler to burn, to melt gold. <laughs> um, I like talking about, you know, when we first launched the Pure Leaf product, the tobacco wraps, version one was using Connecticut Shade Leaf wrapper, which is basically the most sought after cigar wrapper. Um, and it has this beautiful, mild taste. And my thinking at the time was it's totally sound, but it was wrong. Um <laughs> My original idea was that we're going to give people a better flavor. That's what's going to convert them over from a different product. But the practical matter was that it's a super fine, super thin leaf. Mm -hmm. And cigar rollers know how to work with it. But people that are rolling blunts do not. (laughs) And so – you know, people are like, yeah, it tastes pretty good, but I don't know how to roll something like this because a backwood type of leaf and the tobacco yeah. that you use in that, which is broadleaf tobacco, it's much more durable and stronger. So it gives you a margin of error when you're using it. Um, so version one was a total fail. Yep. People really didn't want that product. And so we went back into kind of research mode and broke the product down and said, okay, we just need to give them what they want, but a better version of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and there were some easy things that we could correct compared to what our competition was doing. So you, I always share that because like it's, it has to be messy. Yeah. It cannot be perfect. (laughs) And people, whatever their kind of venture or passion is, a lot of times they just get stuck in that fear paralysis of, well, my, my thing needs to be perfect before I show it to the world. 
you know, newsflash, it's never going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're never going to be fully happy with it. You're always going to see little things in it that no one else will. Um, 100%. And so that's why we sh- kind of try to tell people, like, we just went fast. Um, and our first website was trash. And our first pack <laughs> wasn't cool, yeah. but it didn't matter because we got to plant the flag of being first and being first meant something. And yeah, I, like when I'm talking about this, I tell people like you know, when the iPhone one came out, it blew your mind <laughs> that they broke the mold with that thing. But my gosh, look at where the phone is now. So they didn't wait until they had the 10 figured out. Yeah. They put the one out and they said, you're going to go on this journey with us. And people clearly did. So I think it's the same thing with the creative process that people want it to just, they want it to just feel authentic and real. They don't want it to be perfect or completely polished. Yeah. Uh, And so I try to, you know, do my little part to remind people of that. It's like, just go do it break some shit. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like the world isn't watching you the way that you think they are. Not it's at all. okay to have like some packaging that isn't right. Um, you know, I'd rather you get your pickles on the shelf than wait to have the money to have the perfect pickle jar. Like no one cares about that stuff the way that you do. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, well, and when you move fast, right, you, the market reveals what you need. You get feedback more readily. Um, I think that's huge. And that's it's, definitely been a like strategy. It's one of the most important things. Right? It, it really is. And that's why, like, you know, I have you, I mentor entrepreneurs in various categories. And it goes back to my thing about the, the lifestyle brand. Everyone wants that. Everyone wants to feel like their thing is cool enough where everyone's going to wear it. <laughs> and that just doesn't happen on day one. You have to build something that people really want to, they connect with the experience and therefore they feel like they're part of your tribe to wear your shirt or your hat. And we're not talking about grandma and your aunt and your best friend. Like we have mm-hmm. to get outside of that <laughs> circle <laughs> um, before we start looking at that. And, um, you know, but, you know, embrace the creativity, embrace the messiness um, and the market telling you what you need to do is the most important thing. Like that's how you learn how to be sustainable and how to be viable. Your ideas about it really take a back seat, and it's about what are they willing to give you money for? You know, I could have been proud about my cigar idea and said, no, this <laughs> is what we're doing. We're going to put we're going to go all in on this. And you give it a fair, you know, try and effort for sure. But at some point, the market's telling you whether they like it or not. Yeah. Uh, So certainly a lot of people kind of they become tone deaf to that or just have their blinders on and miss it. And, you know, it's pivoting is a part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, the first thing you do or the first version of what you do. I think, hey, if you hit it. On that one, congratulations, you're a unicorn. <laughs> I, I, I find yeah. that that's very rarely the experience. And if people do do that, a lot of times you'll find in their background, they did 20 other things. Mm-hmm. 
Or yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No, I think that's huge because you become more of a the effort is being put in and it, and you take your ego out of it more. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, like you want to make art. And you, like you said, it's important to connect with what you're doing at a certain level and primary level so that yes. you, you are excited about doing it always. But um, I think that's huge because where do these ideas really even come from? Arguably they're not your own anyways. So calm down and like, yes. and just keep and keep finding, you know, and, and then you become in a position of, of service more. Which is yeah. which is a much more fulfilling place to be than than a position of I'm I'm telling the people what they need and want and right. you know they you might be right about that some occasions like you said but um, yeah I mean I it's think important that to know when you're not <laughs> I, I totally agree I think that anytime you're doing something where it, you're a tastemaker mm-hmm. that's that people do it it's tough though yeah. and I think that it's a pretty rare skill I don't think everyone has a great fashion line in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a specific DNA and skill set. but you really can't learn until you start doing. So you might start there and say, Hey, I'm passionate about my clothing line and find that you're just not, you know, you're not going to be the next Supreme or whoever you're looking <laughs> up to. But through that process, you may find, you know, what's killing me is like, I need software that does this. Where is it? And mm-hmm. you go on that hunt and it doesn't exist. And then you start talking to a couple of people that do what you do. And they're like, yeah, I could use that too. Like I need help organizing my orders and my vendors and my materials or whatever it is. And now you become a software entrepreneur and that's really what your thing is, mm-hmm. you know? So doing and failing, doing and learning, it's not even failing. Like you're just learning and you know, it's an opportunity to grow. So, um, my, my pain point with entrepreneurs or young creatives is when they're, they're, they're hiding their shine from the world. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) They're, they're insecure or they're not ready or they're fearful or they're scared of what could happen if they just put it out there. And don't, you know, we know where you will end up if you never put it out there. <laughs> true. Right? True. Here. Yeah. So at some point you just gotta take that leap of faith and say, All right, like I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the balls out and I'm gonna play a little bit and I'm gonna see how people react to it. And maybe I was supposed to maybe I thought I was gonna design hats, but people just love my shoes. All right give them the shoes, (laughs) you know, and maybe come back to the hats at a different time. Um, so, you know, that share in that off just ties all the way back down to share your shine. Don't hide it from the world, whatever your independent, unique ability is, which we all have, Mm. um, share that, do it, give it to the world or else you're just kind of, you know, in a way you're being selfish by denying it. Yeah. to the outside. hundred percent, man. I really vibe with that. I, I feel that big time, you know, that's part of what this podcast has been about for me is just getting over those, those fears and getting over what people have, you know, I've been terrified of publishing at certain episodes, you know, just like, Oh God, this one's, but because I feel the fear, I know that whatever's on the other side of that is something that I'm going to grow from. And and it's almost, it's literally never been what I thought it was going to be in my fear moment, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) that's also true too. You know, the things that we cook up in our minds, 
whatever those fears or speculations are, it's never what it ends up being when you actually just put it out there. And for sure, I mean, I know that you were, we're vibing on that because, because you're creating, you're creating content, you're talking about your passion. Um, and you're putting it out there, which is phenomenal, you know, like where that leads, it's only good things. Yeah, man, I'm very excited about it. It's a big year. I think the, the 2019 has already been hectic. It's been a rocket of a year, but, uh, yes. I'm super excited about it. Um, what do you think of the, the future of, of all of, of shine and, and the cannabis and just mm-hmm. like just certain brands in general, like, do you see a, yeah. a shift in, um, in not just this market that you're in, but, but what consumers are going to be vibing with down the road and what is going to fall by the wayside mm-hmm. in terms of just the way that companies interact with, with consumers. And yeah, I think, um, you know, so for shine, I'll talk about shine specifically and then kind of, sure. um, fan out from there. So for shine, um, where I'm excited about the future is, um, where how the brand can now extend itself in an authentic way but in a way that most other brands in our space can't um so end of last year we launched our our own cannabis line in california um which our plan is to take that national go state by state um where we'll be selling you high-end flour as well as pre-rolls and we'll probably, we'll definitely get into, um, you know, vape cartridges as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, hopefully, you know, the next, it, hopefully first quarter we'll be launching, um, shine gold flake vodka. So basically gold schlager without the <laughs> cinnamon schnapps. Um, so for us and for what our future is, there's an exciting vision for me of having these different, um, categories in our portfolio that each, you know, they, they all help each other. They all kind of flow together, but they also have their own independent plan and targets that they're trying to hit. Um, and adding that new stuff for my personality is really important. Um, because, it's hard for me to sit still. It's easy for me to get bored. So (laughs) doing things like that are important to keeping me focused on shine overall. Um, as far as you, you, the industry is one thing. Legalization is on its way. It's clearly an idea. Time has come. Um, how quickly that happens at a federal level. We'll see. I can say that with Canada going federally legal at the end of last year, it is amazing to watch what they're doing. And I think that there's just such great opportunities to fix things. That's really what I see, you know, from yeah. a tax from a tax generation standpoint. You know, I'm we're ba- our headquarters are in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Not a hotbed for cannabis activity by any <laughs> stretch. We just like living at the beach. Um but I look at our schools, I look at our roads. This is a state that needs help with those things. And it's like, yeah, we could probably fix all that in one year. Oh yeah. Of, of correctly managed, <laughs> administrated taxed sales. So that's gonna happen everywhere at some point, and that's exciting. And the biggest opportunity when that happens will not be with the hardcore users because they'll always find a way 
to get involved. Yeah. It's, it's looking at, and you see it in, I mean, you definitely saw it in Colorado when people feel like they can consume openly. Yeah. Without judgment, without judgment, without fear of going to jail, you'd be amazed at how diverse that line is out the door of the dispensary. Yeah. Um, the people so come out of the extent. woodwork, so to speak, they have already been consuming, Absolutely. but they have to interact with shady, you know, individuals, you know, when it's illegal and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we could, that's a whole separate that, discussion. That's yeah. Not, there's people that can't, that can't consume because of the job they have. Mm-hmm. There's people that just don't flow in those social circles where they would know how to get it on the black market. So that's a really interesting thing. And that's where we see, you know, shine is already talking to that occasional user. And so as legalization continues to grow, um, we think we're perfectly positioned to be talking to that that really large market opportunity. As far as products in general, I just think that consumers are extremely smart today. Yeah. And as you said, there's information everywhere. <laughs> so if you if you're going to create something that is inauthentic, people will see through it. If you're creating something that really isn't unique in some way. They might not see through it. They might support it to some degree. Maybe they like your version of the shoe, (laughs) but it's not going to take off in a ridiculous way or without tremendous like capital investment. Um, You know, maybe you can outspend your competitors, but you're not making something different than them. So that's a business choice of whether you want to do that or have the resources to do that. So. I think that it just goes back to the beginning of what you're working on. Is the DNA really right? Is it, <clears throat> is it really innovative in some way? Mm-hmm. Are you really solving a problem? Or are you just kind of slicing it a different way? And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging it. I'm, I'm just making the statement that I think it has a more limited – opportunity. Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that's, that's the key factor and that's, what's, what's exciting about being in this more modern internet age is that you really can find brands that you can learn everything about support. If you, if you get, if you, if they vibe with you, there's really no yes. reason there's no, it's, it's taking out the barriers to, uh, to, to entry for, for people to, to create something really special and unique and authentic so that, yes. you know, we're kind of filtering out and unfortunately we're still sort of in a stage where it's not been filtered and we're, you know, you get just as much filtration as you get over flooding of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the work is a little bit harder, but I think, you know, even, even in a year or two, we'll, we'll see that there's been a huge shift um, as people acclimate to this, this new environment and realize that, all right, it's much easier to f- kind of figure out because that's going to be something that somebody does is help people figure them out, figure this stuff out, right? It's going to be something that it becomes its own opportunity and own, you know, market is is helping people figure out, all right, this is some bullshit. This is not, you know, and that's right. uh, that's a really cool time to be alive. Yeah, you know? I think that I think that the you know the good and the bad of the internet is that there's a corner for everything. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're into you can find at least one other person that's into it (laughs) talking about it. Um, 
and but I look at it a lot with like different brands and different products um, and you can definitely see where sometimes it's easy for them to get lost in the noise but when they make a connection or when you find that like I I I have a couple of brands that I am very loyal to because um, almost no one has them, at least that I'm around. Oh, yeah? And Can you give us an example here? I will give you an example. <laughs> so so shoe-wise, I've never owned a pair of Jordans. To me, that's like the epitome of hype beast and following the masses. Sure. Um, but I found this, uh, this Danish brand called Ark. A-R-K-K. Shout out to ARK if you guys want to send me some free gear. And uh, they have just such a unique design aesthetic that's very European, very Danish, really interesting lacing systems. And the price is completely reasonable. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know anything about this brand. Um, But I am quite sure that there's a guy like me or a girl like Mm -hmm. me on the other side that's like, this is my thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to look at it differently and everyone's buying the same stuff over and over again. I'm going to try to do it differently and diff- and do it in a unique way. And when the product works for you, you know, as it does for me, then I support that. So, um, that's the stuff that I wear. Um, and I've, they found me through Facebook ads. They, you know, there was something in their demographics that said, "Hey, serve an ad to this guy." I saw it a couple times. I'm like, "Those are interesting. I haven't seen something like that." And so you're making a connection halfway around the world that you would never make 20 years ago or 30 years ago. So that's clearly the beauty of you know that's when it works well. Yeah. Um, and so it's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be launching products for that very reason and being able to serve um, and make your products visible in a way that people just couldn't do um, in previous years. That's so exciting if you're a creative or an entrepreneur or or both. Um, So, you know, things like that really stand out to me. And I think that um, you a lot of consumers are going in that direction. They're looking for that thing that really they have a personal connection with. Sure. Uh, That's huge in the the parkour community. We have little, we have a tiny civilization bubbling up out of civilization just in our community, um, uh, which is really cool to see because mm -hmm. there's lots of brands now that have gained traction and we are making our own shoes, for example. Um, Like a few, you know, it took a, it's a very, it's tough to make your own shoe. You know, yeah. I've, 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 you know, I thought about it myself, you know, when, when I was working with, uh, some clothing companies of my own that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And, yep. um, I know that that's no easy task, but they're starting to get really good shoes, like shoes that are actually not just, all right, they're branded because mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's a hard prototype to make, but now it's, this is the best parkour shoe that you probably can wear. Um, mm-hmm. it's actually serving the market better than Adidas or Nike or any of these other huge existing you know, organizations right, could do because whoever, whoever's doing that has an intelligence about, yeah. about the, about the sport that big time manufacturers will, you know, it'll always take them longer to get there. You know, they're, yeah, yeah. they're just trying to like turn <clears throat> the Titanic yep. towards a thing and any startup or any entrepreneur or any smaller enterprise 
Yeah. You're a jet ski. You're nimble. You can make quick decisions that they're not capable of. So that's a huge advantage um, compared to what they have. Yes, you can say, oh, they have all these resources. They have this. They have that. Sure. Yeah, but they can't make a decision in less than 24 months to come out with <laughs> a new flavor of a vodka. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, so, um, so that makes a ton of sense, and that's really cool to hear that people are starting to develop products specifically for it those things are going to really resonate because everyone in the community is going to know that, yeah, this was, you know, it's kind of you know, old FUBU for us, by <laughs> us. You know? 100%. Yeah, no, it's really cool to to watch the budding of just our community and just the world. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm really excited about this. Um, real quick, I did want to like Tarantino my way back for a second and just kind of ask Go you a little it. bit more about like your background, like mm-hmm. where you came from and like yeah. how you, how you, we heard the shine story. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, and they do really smoke well. I forgot to mention that I did notice that it was like, they, they burn really cleanly, yeah. efficiently and, and slowly and in, in, in a way that I found again, noticeable. Yeah. We've heard awesome. that story. I'm wondering how you arrived to, to the point where you were like, I want to put gold on a cigar. Yeah. Um, so I had a, uh, interesting background. So I was, a in a previous life, I was a professional tennis player. Um, oh, wow. and, uh, after I came off tour, I still had some college that I needed to finish up. I basically left for what would have been my sophomore and junior years and went and played on tour. Um, when I came off tour, that was a really hard time for me Mm. because everything up until that point was you're going to be this. And then I was on the other side of it and really didn't know like what, like why am I even (laughs) getting up in the morning? Like what is the purpose? Like I've already done my thing and I needed, I I wanted to get a job. I wanted not a career. Mm. I was very like particular in my mind. I do not want a career right now. I just want a job. I want to show up somewhere. I want to get my 12 bucks an hour and I just want to do something. Mm. And there was a cigar shop that had a wanted ad, no experience necessary. And I was like, I've never smoked a cigar in my life, but that sounds (laughs) like a fun thing to learn about. I don't know anything about them. So got that job, ended up learning a ton about them. It's a great way Uh, you know, my palate was really developed then because when you're there, you can just like walk into the humidor and smoke something all the time. Um, and it's the best way to sell. I've smoked that. I've smoked that. What do you like? Let me give you some suggestions. Um, so with that little store, just like a tiny little neighborhood shop, Mm. um, met a lot of interesting people kind of fell in love with how cigars brought guys together. Um, and eventually became the manager of that store, became a partner in that store, figured out pretty quickly that for my personality type, retail was not going to be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I really felt stir crazy, like I had to be there all the time. And I had a friend in that store who I was really just selling him product at a little bit over cost. He told me he was selling cigars to like some local grocery stores and golf courses and stuff like that. And, um, I went and saw one of his little setups in a grocery store and I just had, I had this aha moment of 
this is something that I can do. I could have a thousand of these out in the world and not be paying the electric bill and not be worrying about employees Mm -hmm. and just show up once a month and pick up your money. So basically uh, a vending route essentially. And I want to dis- I didn't articulate it as this is scalable. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I kind of intuitively understood that it would be easier to grow this business than it would be to grow a retail business. Yeah. So I moved over to that. Eventually, um, I bought that partner out. It was really my passion, and it was kind of a hobby for him. Um. And that just led to different things. So we started out distributing cigars to the grocery stores and golf courses and resorts. That led to us um, adding different services. So we started rolling cigars for events, (laughs) weddings, corporate events. um, And that was a nice business. From there, people were like, I really like those cigars. Where can I buy them? And I'm like, you can't. We only do them at events, <laughs> but you hear that enough times and you're like, oh, maybe we should kind of start selling these cigars too. And that's where we learned how to start manufacturing things. Mm-hmm. And eventually that led to a gold cigar, which eventually led to shine. So, you know, that's, it's a great example of you know, 10 years of doing a completely <laughs> different product. One thing led to this thing, led to that thing. Sure. And eventually looking back on it, it makes perfect sense, but you never saw where it was headed. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, you can you, only, what was that Steve jobs quote? You can only connect the dots when looking back, right? That's right. You have so, to look for, you just have to trust that the dots are making sense eventually when you're making, when you're, when you're living it out. Completely agree. So, um, so that was my, my background, you know, I, came from not knowing anything about cigars to Mm. becoming an expert in tobacco and um, using that and using different things that we had learned along the way with the cigar business to completely, you know, help build out what the shine product line and kind of vision was. That's awesome. That's actually really interesting too, to hear that you started off as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know that so many of the people listening are going to be yeah. athletes, parkour athletes. I, you know, yeah, professional I'm, I'm is a, kind of a stretch. I'm a, big and, fan of, I'm a big fan of athletes. I think that uh, in meaning like I believe in their ability to execute. I mm-hmm. believe in their ability to work hard and get things done. Um, I did not take and I was a psych major, religion minor in school. I did not take <laughs> one business class. Nothing that I know today was learned in a in a book, really, or at yeah. least not in school. I mean, I certainly self-educated a little bit, um, but I had Which is a easy business. to do with the, with the online. No. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and when I was in college and working in the cigar shop, um, I had a roommate who was a business major, and she would, you know, we would have discussions about business ideas and. You know, she was arguing from the book and I was arguing from having to make payroll on a Friday. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. But I still view myself as an athlete. Like that's my identity. <laughs> um, no, that's, and so sorry, that's go ahead. how I think about how to problem solve, especially with tennis. It's an individual sport. Um, you know, like 
parkour is. So, um, you know, I think that a lot of my decision-making and how I view the world mm-hmm. as it references shine and entrepreneurship all goes back to being a tennis player, really. Yeah, that's badass. Um, that's inspiring for sure. You know, actually, I take... I had some tennis back in the day as well. Nice. That was one of my original sports was uh, when I was playing tennis. Um, cool. <clears throat> state champion when I was like 11. Look number, at you. number three singles though. Number three, I wasn't in the hot seat. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that was the first time I experienced like trophy. And like you said, athletes, you learn how to apply yourself. You learn how to mm-hmm. think and apply your mind and control yourself. And I think that's why I, th- I also believe in, in the – just the power of be, of being a, an athlete and being someone who disciplines themselves through their physical exercise. Um, yep. that's huge. And that's, and that's something that's really cool about parkour is like, I know that we're poised to do some really amazing things as a community because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I similarly found myself in a position. I, I ran into some injuries where mm-hmm. I was like, all right, this is, I'm going to have to do something instead because I go stir crazy similar to you. If like, if, yeah. if I can't train every day, all of a sudden, like my body's not allowing that I'm going to pivot to something else. I'm going right. to, you know, we're going to get back on the mic, do the podcast or something like I need to get creative again. Yeah. And, um, and I could apply things in that direction, which is really amazing. But I know that there's also going to be, hundreds thousands you know of of practitioners out there that find themselves in a position where there is going to be sort of a what's next they might mm-hmm. they have climbed to the top of of whatever mountain or you know they've done what they needed to do in, in a in a discipline physical discipline and right. because I, I really believe in the power of of what we do as athletes and in, and especially in parkour you really have to train the mind it has a lot to do with mental fortitude and and risk management fear oh yeah huge like there's going to be some really powerful stuff that comes out obviously within the culture but also when people start you know just expanding outside to the the next branch what they learned in the culture to the next thing or to their professional thing or to their creative thing that's that's exciting yeah Um, and, and we're already seeing it for sure it's it's incredible that's super cool. Yeah. I mean, the things that I like tap into, I don't, for me, you know, I need balance to be happy. I don't read, uh, I don't obsessively consume business content because Mm -hmm. it gets a little stale for me and rigid. I like to know what athletes are doing. I like to know what artists are doing. I like, I used to love watching inside the actor studio. Like you can learn a lot about life by learning how an actor approaches something. So, those uh, I like to learn from those other kind of seemingly um, unrelated disciplines, but that's what that's what's interesting to me for sure. Um, and I think that when you're free form and when you're improvising and when you're just going off of gut, that's really the best way anyway. So I really don't even if someone said, here is the fourteen step plan to do ABC. It doesn't work for me. Mm. You know, I need to do it in my own way um, and kind of figure out my own process for it, which I think, you know, you definitely get from being an athlete or being an artist of some kind. 100%. Yeah, no, I'm fascinated with the same things. Did you catch the uh, the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight? Did you follow boxing at all? Yes, What did you I think did. of that? Because I have my own thoughts on it. I want to hear yours <laughs> first, but... 
Man. I thought that was one of the most epic culminations of the entire year last year. Yeah, I you know I I've I my uh, my dad and my granddad on on that same side were were both really into boxing. I've always loved the sport, and it has a lot of parallels to tennis. You know, mm-hmm. it's there's not physical combat, but there's it's a one to one issue of problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know. I think Wilder's a scary dude. Hundred percent. Maybe the most scary. Yeah, he's a most dangerous person type of athlete. Um, But you got to give Fury credit too. I mean, they were. I was shocked when he got up on that. Me too. Standing eight count. I was like, (laughs) I don't. What is happening right now? Um, But I loved, like, you know, I I love the science of it. Like, you know, a big hitter is cool, but. Um, you know, I grew up on, you know, fights with like, you know, Hagler Hearns, mm. um, Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, like guys that were like, and Floyd has a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's great in his own right, but guys that were like, or, you know, um, Shane Mosley had his time, Roy Jones Jr. Like I'm going to hit and I'm not going to get hit. Yeah, yeah. And that to me was always you that's really how you should approach that sport but not a lot of people do um (laughs) but yeah what what did you think of the fight um i mean i shared some of your same opinions like i'm a i became a huge deontay wilder fan you know i got into boxing through mma and you know and not necessarily just with conor mcgregor but i just started becoming more interested in combat sports by following Mm -hmm. the ufc and then um you know that that when I realized it was a really exciting time to start paying attention to heavyweight boxing, especially there's some interesting things happening. I became a fan of Deontay. You know, mm-hmm. he has, he is a really scary fighter. I, I love the, the, his story, you know, like, like the big hitter, it's 39 opponents, 39 knockouts. You know, yeah. he's, he's knocked out everyone. He's arguably the, the scariest, heaviest puncher in the history of heavyweight boxing. And, yeah. and then Tyson, when I after as I that fight was scheduled, I became a huge Tyson Fury fan, and I became mm-hmm. even more obsessed and involved with the sport, and yep. uh, and started to really appreciate the that 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 style that you're talking about, not getting hit, moving, just being elusive, even if yep. you're getting nearly grazed, you're slipping punches, and and yeah. I just found it so fascinating that it was like, all right, there was these two styles of this guy's going to be head hunting, we know, mm-hmm. and this guy's going to be elusive, we know, and yeah. And the fact that I actually really loved, first of all, the fact that it was a draw personally, mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that like, you know, you can make the argument that well, Tyson won on points, whatever. But right. for me, the metaphor of the whole year was, was there's this whole, this, there's a lot of contention about like people trying to jump into one camp or the other mm-hmm. is what I saw like happening in 2018 and, and just in general in, in our culture in America. Right. And I thought it was really cool that you had two people that represented kind of two different sides of the coin they both put on basically one of the most incredible performances of their careers. And yeah. and like you said, like Tyson getting up from being hit a clean free left hand from yeah. again, arguably the hardest puncher in history of boxing, heavyweight boxing for him to get Super up. Human. 
it was superhuman. It was superhuman that he was able that Deontay was able to land that punch on someone so talented, yeah. and yeah. and it took him twelve rounds to do it. It was literally. I mean, it was just yeah. incredible. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that was history. I was like, that's that's history. That's what happened. We're really yeah. lucky to live in a time where that's what happened, and for him to get yes. up, especially when you when you take into account all of his mental struggles and mm-hmm. the, the the huge battle with um, bipolar and and. Um, yeah. manic depression well, and, that, that and, and that's such a cool thing that's happening now too is like you're seeing a lot of athletes that are traditionally you know really like masculine or macho mm. and they're talking about that stuff now yeah yeah um, you know kevin love is very open about mental health struggles who is he i'm sorry i don't actually uh, he's a basketball player for okay. the cavaliers cool um there's a I'm trying, there's and there's several others too. I mean, he's just the first one that pops into my head, but people are being vulnerable and like sharing mm-hmm. that stuff, which is really cool. I would love for boxing to kind of make a comeback, um, kind of to where it was. It, it, it tends to flow with the heavyweight division. Yeah. Uh, but there's some guys down in those lower. Oh yeah. In those lower Lomachenko is obviously one to watch right now. It's insane. Lomachenko's amazing. He's rewriting the, the game in a way. Yeah, and I would be totally, you know, I was a little bit skeptical of the McGregor Floyd thing. I'm like, eh, these mm-hmm. crossover fights, I don't really know. I mean, obviously they're going to make insane amounts of money. God bless them, but um, I don't know how I feel about that. And McGregor performed better than I expected him to. Yep. And then to see what Khabib did to him, which was just to me like a, a dismantling technically. <laughs> um, I was like, man, I don't know if Floyd wants that smoke. <laughs> like, if, if, no, if, if Floyd stepped in the octagon, it would be there would have to be some extreme rule changes, or he would get completely obliterated. But in the octagon, there's no doubt. I, I'm thinking like if Khabib ever came over to the boxing ring the way that McGregor did. Oh, I think he would do way worse than Connor did against Floyd. You think so? Because Connor's Connor's natu- like Connor's background is boxing, right? And he's a striker. Khabib's background is grappling, and and yeah, and he controls people, and he's very very strong. But and he did land a, a you know, a, he, there's he so much that goes into with that. Striking. That's he did like, impress, Yeah, he caught Connor. I, yeah. it's hard to 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 know if Connor is really what he was too, because once he made a hundred million, you know, who knows what that does to your 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 um your, your focus your hunger yeah. exactly <laughs> and uh and Khabib's definitely an animal and Connor typically yeah. does better when he's bigger than the opponent or at the same size Khabib's right. bigger than him um so right. I mean there's a lot that goes into it for sure I got yeah. you know I could go on forever about about fighting but we probably uh <laughs> don't need to <laughs> but yeah yeah no I I think that Floyd would absolutely finish Khabib f- more easily actually than Connor personally yeah I was impressed, you know, I, I didn't follow him. I'm not a huge MMA person. Like I'll, mm. you know, if it's a big fight, I might tune in. I, knowing what people had said about him, I was just impressed with him when he was standing. Yeah. You know, like everyone knew about the grappling. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the video of him wrestling a bear when he was like 12 oh, years yeah, old. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Crazy. Um, but that's where he impressed me that he really hung as a striker. Maybe that just surprised Colin, you know, maybe even, maybe even if they had a rematch or if they're going to, yeah. I don't well, know. And it, 
Sorry to cut you off. The, yeah, no, the, the threat made, of the takedown is really what sets up those shots too. Right. You know, if if it was a boxing match again with Floyd, there's yeah. no Floyd doesn't have to worry about he's going to get double or single legged. So his 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 now his striking can really shine. Whereas right. if Connor couldn't be taken down, if he didn't have to worry about Khabib taking him down. I don't think it would look quite as as awesome yeah. for Khabib. But really, what what Connor's having to manage is knowing that if Khabib even grabs a hold of his wrist, it's potentially over for that round. Yeah, and that's that's the that's the amazing thing about Khabib is like he's he's got this ace up his sleeve. He's like, don't let me even touch you because it's yeah. it's over. No yeah. one gets up when I take you down. You know, it's yeah. He, so he has a crazy skill set for sure. Um, yeah, and then it gets into like, okay, well, now you got to be able, like, if you're boxing Floyd, well, you know, one of the best defensive fighters that there's been. Mm. So, you, know, if he doesn't have to worry about certain things and he can just move to avoid you, well, I mean, he's done that his whole career. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, he's really been tagged. I mean, probably less A couple than of 10 times. times. Handful, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So. Uh, but fascinating to watch. And like they say, you know, like the, the styles make the fights. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Hopefully it, it continues to kind of come back and have a little Renaissance. Yeah, I can hope. Uh, I also hope for that, man. It's uh yeah. Fighting is one of the best in terms of athletes sports to watch, I think, because it's, it's one of the most obvious, easily digestible metaphors for, for what everyone's doing in their life. And, yes. uh, and, and again, for, for what, how people shine, you know, you see Connor and Floyd, the way that they're able to back up and, and really live out how, what they do and what they do best and Khabib, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you really see people, you know, really showcase their, their true talent and their gifts in right. that arena pretty easily. Yeah. With, with the entire world watching, which yeah. makes a different <laughs> thing. I mean, this isn't in a, this isn't a closed session. This is like, I've got to be at my best with hundreds of millions of people watching. That's, 100%. that's special. Yeah, man. Well, thank you guys or thank you and, and your, um, your staff for getting in touch with me. And, um, uh, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know if there's really anything else you want to wrap up here. I think that, you know, this has been really, really fun to talk to you and inspiring conversation for me as a young entrepreneur, as a, you know, a young creative person and, and a former athlete yeah. for sure. Or, I mean, I still identify again, that's yeah, never going that, away. It, I'm it, never it, not really going to be a parkour it. practitioner. Um, that's maybe right. professional really is, the, is the, is no, the, no, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's something that I think is when it's in you, it's in you. And, um, it'll, you know, imprint how you view the world for as long as you're in it. And, uh, you know, for us, you know, thank you for having us. Um, love the energy, love the, you know, the creativity, the passion behind what you're doing. Um, and that's what gets us excited is people do, you know, (laughs) doing what inspires them and, and sharing their shine with, with their world. So, um, you know, congrats to you on what, on what you built here so far. Thanks so much, man. Um, real quick before we wrap up, I actually forgot to mention, you do have a, a really cool event happening in a, like a few month, weeks, mm-hmm. shine day, right? Oh, yeah. And it yeah, is since, uh, since my, my hometown of Denver here is one of the participating yes. cities. Um, we might want to give a quick shout out to let people know how they could get involved with that. You know, what is shine day? And, yeah. Uh, so shine day, um, is 
every year it's on February 4th, 2-4 for 24K. Um, hey. the, the background behind the idea is that we wanted to, we wanted to own a day like Amazon does with prime day. Like we mm-hmm. wanted to be talking to people on a random day that the only thing they were going to be talking about was shine. So, um, what we do is we have a really fun scavenger hunt. Um, people have to follow us on social media. That's where we kind of push out a lot of the information. Um, you can also sign up for marketing on our site, shinepapers.com. And if you do that, then you will get, um, email blasts letting you know how to, how to participate in shine day. But basically on that day, we're going to ask people to do some fun and easy things. Um, and then we're going to give them a bunch of clues and whoever solves that stuff first in each city is going to get the coordinates for where a briefcase, a gold briefcase is hidden that has a bunch of shine product in there, um, probably about $1,000 worth of product. And then we always pull in a couple of um, partner companies to throw in some of their stuff too to keep it fresh. And um, so it's super fun. Um, we've, we always get great feedback. Even if people don't win the briefcase, they Mm. always have a great time playing. Um, so we would love for people, you know, if they're listening to this, go over to shinepapers.com, sign up for our marketing. And then that's the easiest way to stay in touch with what's happening and know when you have to do certain things, um, to get active with shine day. Sweet. All right. Yeah. All that info I'll put in the description for sure. Make sure people have easy access to it. Um, Perfect. Thanks again, man. Dave Brown, CEO, Shine Papers. Appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Talk soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.